Welcome back to the Sports Car Grinders show. I'm your host, Dean, back with the usual suspects, Simon, Brennan, and Will. We call him Chief as well. Uh, we're here. We're, we're playing some. Uh, you guys are probably going to watch this on the recording. But, uh, you know, we have basketball playoffs going down. We have some baseball going down tonight. We're going to be talking some football on this show, specifically the topics in the show today. Let's fire them out for the people. Uh, well, we're going to be using the Market Movers tool over at uh, SCI, sportscardinvestor.com. We're going to show that tool off and you guys can get access to it. 20% off. How do you do that? You use promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-T-E-R-S. If you're not aware of it, just wait for it. It's pretty fancy. It's pretty cool and it's worth it. Uh, give it a shot. Again, 20% off. Use the promo code GRINDERS. Uh, NFL, it's right around the corner. We talk about that in a second. Uh, specifically, quarterback targets and some skill position players we're looking at. We're going to be talking about uh, money, about uh, bubbles. Is, are we currently in a sports market bubble potentially? Thankfully, we have a couple of uh, financial advisors, financial uh, people with financial backgrounds to help us uh, navigate through that question. And, of course, we'll talk about what's going down in another bubble, the NBA bubble as far as the playoffs, who's hot, what we're looking at, what's standing out. And, of course, the playoffs started just a couple days ago, and they're going on as we speak. That's it. Got that out of the way. Let's talk to, uh, let's talk to Chief. What's going on, dude? How are things in your world? Going well, man. Uh, definitely excited about the actual NBA bubble, seeing some real-life basketball. I just can't reiterate enough how good of a league the NBA is in terms of planning, executing, leadership. I mean, the NBA is by far, in my, chance, in my opinion, the best-run league in the country right now. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that to exaggerate. I mean, they've really done some good things to bring sports back. Uh, barely any, I don't know if anyone's tested positive for COVID since they've been in the bubble, really good program to make sure when they get back that things are contained. You know, if you go out and get those Lou Will, you know, uh, lemon pepper barbecue teriyaki wings from Magic City, when you get back, you're going to quarantine for 14 days. You know, you're in there touching naked women with chicken. They got to hold you accountable. So uh, I just really <laughs> like what the NBA is doing. Uh, is there no wet naps or uh, napkins uh, available? <laughs> right. Wet naps. Got to have them. Uh, the best part of the quarantine is the wet naps. Uh, but anyway, I'm excited, man. I love this show. One of my favorites every time I get to come on. Brennan, Brennan knows, but he's, he's, he's my new best friend up there in Charlotte. So Simon, you know, my, my hobby collector box extraordinaire. And then me and Dean trying to get into the hobby, a little teaser for later. And our, our, our producer, Devin, behind the scenes hanging out. So love this show, man. If you're, if you're not watching and you didn't hear me say that, please, uh, please watch this show. It's outstanding. Yeah. So, um, well, they are watching. If they, if they wouldn't be hearing this otherwise. I don't know how else they would be hearing this. It'd be kind of weird. Um, yeah. And you mentioned uh, one of the segments there on the show, uh, you know, I've had a good week financially at DFS. Of course, Rotor Grinders, we specialize in daily fantasy sports. We've branched out talking about some sports cards as well here. Uh, I'm much more savvy in that world as far as this, and then in the sports card world. Uh, and I used to collect sports cards years ago, but uh, not since, I mean, LeBron's been leaked for 17 years. I never bought a LeBron card. I had a good week. I'm like, hey, I'm going to make my first purchase. I've been hosting this show long enough. I figure I might, I might as well participate in mail day, buy myself a card. You guys are going to help navigate. You're going to help me find a card, a LeBron card. We'll, we'll sort of figure that out, that out later on in the show. Uh, that said, well, we can just we don't need pleasantries. We'll just say, Brennan, what's up? Simon, what's up? Simon, I want you to open the conversation as far as the NFL. Uh, theoretically, the season's right around the corner. And I agree with all the sentiment as far as what Chief said, as far as the NBA. Uh, Silver and, I guess, Chris Paul, part of the Players Association. Everybody's done a fabulous job. Uh, the bubble's been a magnificent success so far. Uh, all right, uh, NFL, open it up for us, Simon. So what, what are we looking for as far as this season? 
uh, quarterbacks that we are targeting. Yeah, so like you guys were saying, the NBA has has done a great job with their bubble and, and keeping people uh, safe from COVID. And hopefully NFL is able to follow a similar path than that and, and keep people in, in good shape and keep the season going. Uh, as far as quarterbacks go, yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation right now where everything is hot. <clears throat> You'd think that right now where all the focus is on the NBA playoffs and MLB coming back that NFL players would kind of fall by the wayside and their card prices would kind of show that. But if we're looking at charts of some of these players that you wouldn't expect to be on an upward projection where you might think that you might be able to find some value, uh, I've got the market movers uh, chart up right now for Gardner Minshew's 2019 Prism football PSA 10 card. This is a base card. And as you can see from the projection, it's, it's, it's straight up. So it's very hard to find value, even on guys like Gardner Minshew, who hasn't really done anything in his career. He's getting a little bit of buzz heading into the season from some people who are harder into into fantasy, kind of picking him as a as a player that could potentially be a good late round sleeper pick. So that's why I wanted to look at his card prices to see if there was any value there. And I'm just not finding uh, any value in his card. Or if you look at Sam Darnold, kind of the same story. I've noticed with a lot of these fresher players, their cards are going straight up, even though they haven't really done anything and there's no reason for their cards to be going up. But one thing that you'll notice if you kind of compare those charts to uh, older players, we got a Phil, Philip Rivers 2004 Topps Chrome football base PSA 10 here. And as you can see, it's a light volume on that card. Population is 126 and on the PSA 10s and the price hasn't really done anything. It's been kind of flat to <clears throat> up and then and then uh, coming down a little bit. So there hasn't really been that steady upward projection that we're seeing in Gardner Minshew and Sam Darnold, which tells me that if you're looking for value in quarterbacks in NFL, uh, some of these older players you might want to target. I know Chiefs talked about this a lot too in looking at those older players, older players that might have catalysts like Hall of Fame or whatever coming their way. Another player in that same category is uh, Drew Brees. If we look at his chart, his chart has gone down recently, at least until July 1st. It's, it's, it's recovered a little bit, but his, his overall price since the beginning of or the end of May has pretty much been flat. So there hasn't really been that steady upward climb that you see in some of these other players and you can get a drew Brees 2001 tops football base psa 10 with a population of 390 you can get that for about 1367 right now and this is a guy who's guaranteed basically going into the hall of fame he still has probably a couple good years left in him he's got a good coaching staff a good uh, support around him on the team and he's just you know he's he's if you're gonna buy a card invest in either Drew Brees or Gardner Minshew. I'm, I'm taking Brees every time. All right, let's bring Chief in. Uh, first of all, your thoughts as far as uh, the asking price on guys like Minshew and, and, and Darnold, and you know they're probably priced too high. Like, Is Minshew even a starting quarterback in the league three years from now? You can speculate that Jacksonville uh, is tanking. They want to lose uh, and just kind of set themselves up for the future. And Minshew, maybe he's the guy. And then, yeah, let's bring in the quarterbacks like Breeze. Uh, you know, is there still value in Breeze betting on the combat, betting on the Hall of Fame? And 
just his great career, obviously. Matt Ryan, we can introduce the conversation. And then, you know, Philip Rivers, nothing sexy about Philip Rivers. Um, well, I guess one person finds him sexy. He's got like nine kids. But besides, like I said, sports car collectors, maybe he's not very sexy. Uh, what, what are your thoughts here, Chief, as far as uh, that collection of quarterbacks? Well, well, first of all, let's just say Philip Rivers needs to get into the Hall of Fame for raising nine kids. <laughs> forget forget football. Uh, whew, what a guy. Uh, at any rate, I, I'm with Simon here, and that, that's something I've kind of you know looked at a couple months ago as the football market was kind of starting to get hot. And, you know, we were able to find some some nuggets early on, like Simon finding Dak early on. I mean, I thought that was a phenomenal nugget there. And Dak was a lot cheaper. His price has gone up. But, you know, focusing in on the newer rookies, like even Dak has accomplished more than a Gardner Minshew or, you know, uh, uh, Sam Darnold. You know, these guys have predominantly had losing seasons. At least Dak has had winning seasons, gone to the playoffs, you know, been in the MVP discussion. You know, but then you've, like you talked about, you've got guys like Matt Ryan, who's won an MVP, cards are flatlining. A guy like Drew Brees, Super Bowl winner. Uh, you know, it, it's things like that that are really, is really a head scratcher. And the only thing, the only conclusion that I could come to, because as Simon says, it really doesn't make any sense for older players that have so many accolades to not, you know, be trending upward as quickly or, or, or for, in some instances, or even cheaper than the newer players, I think it's that the newer investor has not had a long enough career in card collecting or game watching to see these guys play over an extended period of time. You know, so guys our age, we've seen Matt Ryan come into the league. We've seen Drew Brees come in. We've seen Ben Roethlisberger come in. You know, we've seen even Cam Newton. We've seen Cam Newton come in. Uh, we've seen Philip Rivers come in. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about older quarterbacks now. You know, we saw Joe Flacco. We saw uh, Tyrod Taylor. We saw, we, we've got a slew of quarterbacks that we've seen play. I mean, we even saw Steve Young. We saw Joe Montana. We, there's so many guys. You're dating yourself now, man. Over, over a career where the newer investor, I mean, they see Troy Aikman on Fox, but they don't really know who Troy Aikman is as a football player. And as a result, they get caught up in the hype of new guys coming into the league. You know, there isn't any reason why, why Drew Locke should have uh, more expensive cards than, than Drew Brees. That, that just makes no sense. So I just think the newer investor, they're buying cars that are relatable to them in their era, and the guys haven't accomplished much. And I think that's part of the reason uh, for the inflated prices. And then you get guys like us that we just kind of come in and backdoor and and we get to stockpile a few of these older players uh, that, that are pretty much already essentially guaranteed the Hall of Fame. You know, even Eli Manning, even though Eli d- didn't seem great at the end of his career and on film, maybe he looks like an average quarterback at best. Early in his career when he's winning Super Bowls, you know, he's a much different quarterback. So I, I, even, even a guy like Eli, I'm willing to invest in before I buy – you know, a Gardner Minshew or, or something like that. That's just that's just my approach. I got a couple things and all that. First of all, uh, you mentioned Philip Rivers being in the Hall of Fame for nine kids. His wife, his wife she should get some accolades too, I would imagine. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Didn't mean to leave her out. Sorry. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, no, I was just thinking like, yeah, I'm sure she's a part of it as well. Uh, and probably raising those kids much more than Rivers is because he's busy, uh, you know, throwing footballs. Uh, you mentioned Eli Manning. Like, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You can argue about it all day if he is or he isn't, but he's going to be, like if he deserves it. 
Terry Bradshaw, by the way, side note, wasn't very good. He was a son of he was a son of a bunch of Super Bowl teams. He wasn't a very good quarterback. I'm pretty sure he had more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, another point, you mentioned Troy Aikman. 20 year olds know Troy Aikman is the announcer who applauds coaches who punt on fourth and one. He, that's a no as the guy. Oh, geez, that tilts me so hard. But, oh, what a great move by the coach. You got a punt from the 40 and pin him back. What? All right. I, I, I sidetrack. We're back on sports cards. Chief, question for you. Uh, do you think it's because we love the shiny new toy? Like, we know what Matt Ryan is. We know, uh, you know, what, what Phil Rivers is. But the shiny new toy of, uh, of Minshew, it's like, I don't want the $1,000. I want what's behind door number two. I don't know what it is, but it sounds exciting. Is that what's going on here at Minshew and the, and the like? I, I like it, Dean. I like that approach. It, it, now, and now that you mention it that way, uh, I think that's spot on. I mean, the, the younger investor, here's what the younger investor is trying to do. And younger investors, if you're watching this, this is not an insult. This is just to help you. I promise. <laughs> the younger investor is trying to beat all of us to the biggest, to the newest, best investment. As a result, as they try to beat us to the table, the prices continue to go up. And they're afraid to miss out, so they keep buying at inflated prices. Thus, you know, that's how you end up, you know, with, with guys that aren't as good, but they're overpriced. And then, you know, so so I'll put it to you this way. You know, there's a big Enron scandal back in the day, and, you know, they were selling these people the dream. And in the end, there was nothing behind the door but shredded paper, uh, if you will. And so it's kind of the same concept where, you know, look at the longevity of a guy's career. Invest in Walmart. You know, invest in Target. Invest in Home Depot. In, you invest in stable companies. Now, look, if you want to go and, and buy, you know, a startup company, you know, a small cap company, by all means, go ahead. But just realize right now that company is not as stable as a blue chip stock. It's just not. And that, that's what we're having here in the new market. Everyone wants to be, you know, on, in front. Everyone wants to find the new Google. They want to find the new Apple. They want to find the new Microsoft. But, you know, they're forgetting about the people that have carried them the whole way, you know, like you're the other quarterbacks that, I, that I've spoken of. So I, I'm with you. I think, you know, they're just trying to beat us to the table. And, and essentially we're going to outsmart them by buying all the other guys that no one's looking at. Brandon, I, I know you're more of a basketball guy than a football guy, but just kind of speak to that concept of, you know, people just sort of like to gamble on the unknown. And well, this guy's got upside and he's got pedigree as opposed to the known. This guy's pretty good, but like, I don't know if he's going to get much better. Yeah, no. Uh, Will made a great analogy here with the with the stocks. Um, you know, I actually think we're treating a lot of these rookies like they're Tesla. So Tesla, everyone buys up the price of Tesla, not because of what they're doing right now. What they're doing right now is is not as impressive as their stock evaluation, which is we think they're going to change the future of you know the automotive industry, automation, all sorts of things not every single young player in the NBA can change the future of the NBA. There's only going to be a handful of these guys that are actually going to turn out to be the next Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Giannis. And so we see it in the NBA as well. We get all excited about these young guys because they flash some potential, but in the grand scheme of things, they all can't win rings. There's only one ring ring to win every single year. There's only one MVP. There's only so many all-star starting spots. You only get five guys on the first team, all NBA all of these guys are competing for those same awards. So when I look at a guy like Luca and, and what Luca's doing is he's making history. He really is. If he ends his career with one or two rings, are we feeling comfortable where we're valuing him at right now? Cause you've seen guys like John Stockton have historic careers. One of the best point guards the game has ever seen. I, I don't even think he got one ring. I think he made it to the finals one year and they lost. So, I mean, 
what if he and James Harden is breaking records in the NBA offensively, maybe one of the best offensive players we've ever seen. He probably won't get a ring. No, 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 you know, no disrespect to James Harden and what Houston's built, but James Harden's not in his early twenties anymore and they're fighting against some really good competition. So I think we have to be careful, like Will said, about what our expectations are for these young players. And we'll get into it when we talk, talk about market bubbles. But, uh, you know, one of the biggest things to keep in mind is for a player like Chris Paul, Drew Brees, their price to what their legacy and career has been for these young players who haven't achieved those things yet. We're trying to price. We're trying to get ahead of it. Like Will said, we're trying to get Luca before he gets all the rings, before he gets all the MVPs. But the problem is, if he doesn't deliver on that, he's going to come down. Whereas you can't take away Drew Brees' ring. You can't take away all the records he's broken. And so in my mind, his price, the veterans are safer, but they're not going to double overnight like you'll see with these young guys. So a lot of it has to do with the type of investor you are. But I think the the, the risk-averse, uh, veteran, appreciative investors are vastly outnumbered right now by all the young investors who are chasing uh, the next Giannis. I think we're all trying to chase the next Giannis, which is he was an unknown player first two or three years of his career and then broke out. Problem is there's probably going to be one of those guys out of the 20 guys that are being hyped up right now. Simon, your thoughts on that? I know you want to throw out some, uh, some skill position players you're targeting as well, some receivers. Uh, fire away. Yeah, pretty much people are – chasing the the shiny new thing you can see that with guys like zion and guys like eh, not so much maybe ja morant but he's he's getting up there but as opposed to guys like giannis who i know um brennan was was targeting his select cards recently guys like that who are closer to getting their ring he's been around for what like six years six, six to eight years. So, you know, he's, he's, he's established himself more in the league and has a, a greater potential of, of uh, upward projection compared to some of these younger guys who are just starting and are in situations where they might not be on a team that's, that's prepped to win any championships anytime soon. But as far as uh, going back to NFL and trying to find places where you can find value, why all the, current hot money is on these younger quarterbacks and whatnot. We've talked about this several times over the past few weeks on how skill position players in the NFL are undervalued compared to those quarterbacks. And we can take a look at some charts here to kind of illustrate that. Uh, first one up, and and these, these players that I'm targeting are older guys who've accomplished a lot in their careers, uh, haven't won any championships necessarily, but they've, they've, established themselves as, as some of the greatest players of all time at their, at their position. One of the guys I'm looking at now is AJ green. You can see from his 2011 tops Chrome uh, PSA 10 has a population of 75 and low volume on this, on this card. It's currently most recent sale was $41. So if you can buy an AJ green rookie card, PSA 10, Population of 75 for $41, like that's next to, that's like free. That's free pretty much for that card. So that's a good one to try and target if you can find that on eBay or ComC or, or Starstock or wherever you happen to look. This next uh, chart, I wanted to do a comparison of DeAndre Hopkins 2013 Topps Chrome base PSA 10 card. Population of 65 versus his Prism football 
base PSA 10 card, which is a population of 36. Another cheap card for a great player, DeAndre Hopkins. He's on a young team this year. Maybe some of that, uh, some of that Kyler Murray youth uh, will rub off on him, uh, people chasing that, uh, that youth. You can see his 2013 Prism card is, is on a bit more of a steadier upward projection when you compare it to this low volume that we're seeing here on the, on the Topps Chrome Base PSA 10. That, that card most recently sold for 110 bucks versus the um, Prism, which sold for 262 So there's a little bit of value maybe in that, in that Chrome card. There's a uh, 36 population for the Prism versus 65 for that Chrome. But either way, like those are both super low populations. On a player like DeAndre Hopkins, who's already accomplished a ton in his career, and he's on a great team this year he's he's found himself in a uh, pretty good situation great coaching probably better coaching than he was uh, in Houston and he's got another great young quarterback throwing to him and DeAndre Hopkins you saw what he did with lesser name quarterbacks in the years up until he started playing with Deshaun Watson that guy was a beast even before he started playing with Deshaun Watson so I don't think it's going to take him much time to acclimate to Kyler Murray. I know a lot of fantasy analysts are shy away from these players when they jump on new teams. But if you look at DeAndre Hopkins' history, he's played with a ton of quarterbacks. He's played with a decent amount of, of quarterbacks, and he's been pretty consistent. Maybe one or two years he's been off, but he's been pretty consistent as far as his performance. So I think you put him on a team like with Kyler Murray that has a positive coaching staff like a positive projection for the team in general it's it's a good situation for a guy like that to be on and the uh the other card I wanted to look at was Julio Jones his 2011 Topps Chrome football PSA 10 card and this is a population of 73 and as you can see from this chart it spiked a little bit but it came back down but general in general it's been pretty flatlined since the end of May and Julio Jones he's another one of those guys um, that's accomplished a ton in his career. He's been to a Super Bowl, hasn't won one yet. Atlanta's got a pretty good team this year. Maybe they make some noise, who knows, but they're in a uh, competitive division. So there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of throwing likely, and Julio Jones will be receiving a lot of those targets, and, and he could have a couple huge games this year that could sway his price. So if you we're interested in this card. It might be a good time to buy right now why he's kind of dormant at 230 and then try to flip it after some of those uh, big performances that we're expecting out of him. Yeah, you were talking about prospects before, by the way. I just remember like on previous shows, we talked about that uh, Jason Dominguez for the, the Yankees for thousands and thousands of dollars for a guy who I think is 17 in baseball specifically. Really volatile as far as prospects. I just thought that was weird that people are betting on that guy and like he's probably going to be good, but baseball is much more volatility from what I can tell as opposed to other sports. But all right, uh, Chief, your thoughts as far as the wide receivers he threw out there. Uh, Green, Hopkins, Julio, <clears throat> if you're going to rank as far as your interest when you consider their potential upside, you consider the asking price. And I know you also wanted to expand and talk about the raw wide receiver cards in general. Yeah, I mean, Simon's spot on with this, of course. Uh, that market movers too, man, the numbers don't lie here. And you know, first of all, these older receivers with the low pop counts. I can't stress enough how how important that is, I think, when you're talking about investing in a guy like Julio 
uh, a guy like, you know, even A.J. Green, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. The pop counts on these PSA 10s are incredibly low. Um, and, and, and look, part of that is maybe not enough submission. So I don't want – there's noise in there, I think. But part of that is not enough submission. But even still, you know, if guys aren't going to submit them, that, that's not my fault. I, I'd be willing to go out and buy as many PSA 10s as I, as I could. Uh, and these are long-term investments. You know, guys like Hopkins, Julio, uh, A.J. Green I might flip. But 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 those those other guys, I mean, I'm really looking for uh, a Hall of Fame potential. And I think those guys have Hall of Fame potential. And you guys have probably seen my strategy. I will buy and flip younger players where most of our younger players are buying and holding. The older players, I'm typically buy and hold. You, you won't see me sell too many DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Thomas is young, but he's already kind of carved out a path. He's had two or three seasons where he's the guy in that offense. You're going to see me buy and hold Michael Thomas. Um, and so that, that's kind of where I am, and, and I agree with Simon. Low pop counts, PSA 10s, uh, you know, not a lot of traffic. Price isn't going up uh, rapidly. Those are the type of investments I want to make. And I'm, I'm just going to parlay that into buying raw cards. Uh, and and I'm, I'm specifically talking about the younger players. So if it's an older player, more than likely I'm going to be buying greater. That's just my preference. These younger players that I'm speculating on, you know, like your DJ Moores, your DJ Sharks, stuff like that, uh, I'm going to be buying raw. Um, you know, and, and, and mainly I'm going to be buying national treasures raw. And let me tell you why, because I'm able to pick up those cards at pennies on the dollar because they're not as popular yet. And if those are the types of guys that hit, I can get a DJ more RPA anywhere. You know, some of them are going to be up there, but I can find some 30, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Those are the type of investments I want to make when I'm buying younger players, cards that are really going to kind of withstand uh, uh, the length of time that we need to kind of see them progress. You know, if DJ Moore comes out and has an immaculate season, you know, goes for over a thousand yards, a hundred uh, catches, those RPAs that I bought for $30 are going to double in price instantaneously. And that's ungraded, you know, national treasures will hold pretty good value. Uh, if a player just is average, you know, even below average players, some of the national treasures are still probably going for a little bit more than they should. So when I'm buying raw wide receiver cards, I'm really trying to get in on some National Treasures RPAs uh, for, for a really cheap price because I know those can appreciate really quickly. Uh, the prisms, I definitely think you want to get those graded. But, you know, any type of RPA for younger players, I can't stress this enough, younger players that haven't really hit the scene yet or haven't really, you know, hit the box office, they're not household names, those are the guys I want to target. Uh, and, and kind of invest at, at those lower prices. All right, going to talk NBA shortly. Uh, again, reminder, uh, like, subscribe, talk to us in the comments section. Tell, tell us what you guys uh, want to see in future shows. That said, quickly, let's talk uh, economics. Thankfully, we have a couple guys with financial backgrounds. If you guys couldn't tell in the previous conversation, throwing out Enron and stocks and things of that sort. And uh, All right, Brennan, let's bring you back in. Market bubbles. What is a bubble, uh, and is the sports market uh, in danger of having a bubble? Sure. Yeah. It's so market bubbles. It's a word that gets thrown around a lot. It's actually probably more complex than we give it credit for anytime we throw it out. But the simplest way to explain a market bubble is when irrational investor or consumer behavior pushes the price of an asset well above what it's actually worth or, or what I would consider it's 
intrinsic value. A good example of that uh, was toilet paper recently. <laughs> Let's just say that we know we can get a roll of toilet paper for $2 by going down to Target. Um, but all of a sudden we think we're never going to be able to leave our house. They're going to quit manufacturing toilet paper altogether. And all of a sudden I'm on Amazon buying toilet paper for 500 bucks a roll. That, that is a perfect example of a bubble because irrational behavior led to toilet paper being much more expensive than it ever has been in the past and really should have been in the first place for what service it provides. So to, to, uh, to relate that into the sports car market, when people say the sports car market is in a bubble, what they're really trying to say is the prices we're paying right now for these cards is well above what they actually should be worth. And I would argue that that, so many people will say they're only worth the cardboard that they're printed on. And if that's how you choose to value the cards, then that you're absolutely right. You should not be paying $3,000 for a Luka Doncic when the cardboard costs like 25 cents. But that being said, what we've seen with things like artwork, stamps, collectible coins, and toys, you're actually, the the intrinsic value of that asset really comes from the joy, the entertainment, the satisfaction the person gets from owning that, uh, you know, that asset. For instance, I believe a Picasso back in March sold for over $100 million. Now, even if you were to adjust for inflation, there's no way Picasso paid $100 million for the materials he used to paint that painting. But that being said, you know, collectibles like this, it's hard to value because there's so much emotion in there. And so, um, you know, could the sports card be in a a bubble? Could the sports card market be in a bubble? It absolutely could. Um, But that being said, we're we're also in a way different space with technology and the different ways to collect and invest than we were before that we can't look into the past and try to predict the future. And I would also say that I think both things can be true. I think there could be parts of the industry that are in a bubble or approaching a bubble, while the overall health and and longevity of the industry could be in good hands. Um, One example of that might be Luka Doncic's Prism PSA 10s. You've got 15,000 of them out there. They're running up well past other cards that are much more scarce and look just as nice. So if we see a correction in Luca's prices, I don't think that means the whole hobby is going to go down. I think you're going to see a distribution of that money that's in the hobby spread out into other places. It might be to a different brand like Select. It might be to a different player because Luca underperforms and they're jumping on the next shiny toy. Or, you know, you know, we could just see his price continue to go up because he delivers on all the promises and we all wish we would have had his card three years ago. And so, um, you know, what I'm doing personally is I'm trying to, prepare if there's a correction. I like to call it a correction because a bubble is a pretty controversial term. But if there's a correction in the market, I'm trying to be prepared for that because as ironic as it sounds, the most opportunity for ROI comes after a bubble burst and not before it. And so as soon as the market corrects and we hit some sort of bottom, everyone else is going to be emotionally scared and and, and doesn't want to get back in. But if you're sitting on cash or assets that you can turn into a Luca that you can now buy for a hundred bucks because people panicked that in theory is the biggest opportunity. So my personal opinion is to be prepared for one, but not try to predict it because we could see a hot market for several years down the road. People thought the stock market was the bull market was going to end five years ago. So if you stopped investing five years ago, you would have missed out on a ton of uh, appreciation and in, in investing in stocks. So I think it's always good to prepare, but it's uh, very, very difficult to predict a bubble. Well, your thoughts. And listen, Brennan summed it up. He's talking my language here. That's why he's my boy. Uh, I, I mean, this type of talk gets me excited. But once again, you know, it's kind of like it's almost parlaying into what we talked about earlier 
when you've got a lot of young investors, they're irrational. They haven't seen, you know, the historical uh, ups and downs that we've seen in, in, in the card industry. You know, they haven't seen the ups and downs of the mortgage industry. They haven't seen the ups and downs of their 401k losing money. They, 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 don't, they don't have a clue. So all they know is buy, buy, buy and buy now. You know, they're, they're, they're trending off of recent news. You know, uh, listen, I was big on Cam Newton. Don't get me wrong. That was a win for me. But, you know, the bottom line is some news hit one Sunday and everybody reacted to it instantaneously. You know, uh, you know, DraftKings came out with a big, you know, IPO and, and you know, everybody's kind of hopped on that. And you saw their prices kind of go up, 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 up. It's, it's the same trend. You know, everybody wants the, the new shiny toy. And so, you know, are we in a bubble? And I, this is something I've said before. I, I always feel like grading is going to keep us stable, right? So like Brendan talked about, we've got a whole bunch of Luka Doncic cards. And while they may be overpriced at the moment, uh, the bottom line is they're still graded. So we still know the quality of the card. We just may be paying a little bit too much right now. And so if Luca does come down, you know, I feel like, you know, PSA, BGS, uh, SGC, I feel like those companies are going to kind of help keep the industry stable in a sense how the, you know, FINRA and SEC kind of watches over the, the stock market industry, if, if you will. They're kind of our regulators uh, for the card industry especially in terms of scamming. And I, I can't talk about that enough. Buying graded when you're speculating, I feel like this is the recipe for success. If nothing else, they're at least guaranteeing you that this card is authentic. And I think that'll help kind of keep everything flowing in the right direction, even as prices decline. You know, if you've, my last thing, Brennan talked about it, there will be a decline in car prices. It's no different. Declines will come, you know, but in the long term, if you're a long-term investor, like you talked about, as they drop, that's the time to go ahead and buy right at that moment. And, and last thing, I know it was the last thing. We saw this with Topps Project 2020 for baseball. They came out. Everyone was extremely excited about this product. I mean, and prices went through the roof. I mean, instant weeks, weeks, weeks. And then they nosedive. And people were feeling bad. The emotional attachment they had, they wanted their money back. No, it's not worth as much. You got me. You know, you fleeced me or whatever. But, you know, just recently we saw what Tops 2020. I definitely think another drop is coming. Can't predict it, but you want to be ready. Simon, put it on a bow. Yeah, I think it's just one thing that you have to do when you're investing in these cards is set a goal for yourself on, on what you think the target price you'd want to sell at. You don't want to be holding the bag on something that has shot up huge and, and you own it. And then you didn't sell it because you thought it was going to continue going up. So if you set goals for yourself, it's kind of like Cam Newton, uh, Chief, myself. You know, we bought we bought those cards. A couple guys in the Discord, and we all had them listed on eBay to sell as soon as that news broke. So we weren't holding on to it, thinking, "Oh, it's going to go up even more." We sold it as soon as it had that big hit, and we use that money to buy other undervalued assets. So that's one thing you, I know it's easy to say, but you want to buy low and sell high. That's such a basic rule. It it applies to, uh, to everything as far as stocks, housing, uh, sports cards, whatever. It's, it's an easy rule to follow, but a lot of times emotion will get in the way and you'll make bad decisions that way, but you just got to try to keep the emotion out of it and keep your focus on your goals. NBA, the playoffs uh, went down. Uh, I mean, now, you know, this is uh, day two, actually, as of recording it. And just now, Orlando beat Milwaukee. There you go. 
So I guess Milwaukee is going to win in five. We'll see going forward. But uh, that was a big surprise for us. Uh, what do we think is going down? What, what do we have our eyes on here, Brennan? What are we speculating on from a, a sports card market? Of course, we were talking about the prospect of Zion facing LeBron. That's not happening. I took the L on that. Lillard went absolutely nuts in the bubble. He was the bubble MVP. By the way, did you guys see the first team and second team? Did you see it, Brennan, as far as the first team, second team bubble players? I did see it, and that, and I, I don't have all the names in front of me, but I think it made sense. Was TJ Warren on the first or second team? That was he the was most the surprising team. name. Yeah. First so, team, Lillard, Harden, Doncic, Booker. They went 8-0. They still didn't even get a yep. chance to get the play-in game. And then yep. Warren. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. So um, before we, I know we just moved off the market bubble thing, but there was one thing I wanted to say, and and we 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 like to equate the stock market and the housing market to cards. But I think it's to be clear, the card market is much more volatile. It's not as safe. So we should all make sure that we understand that this isn't a place to put retirement savings or anything. This should be somewhere where you're putting money that you 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 can't afford to lose. If if losing your your the value in your sports cards is going to affect the quality of life you're living, you've got too much in. So I, it, we probably should mention that because we're seeing a lot of the same trends. However, it's it's far less safe than putting money into a 401k, an ETF, whatever else it might be. So just a disclaimer there. I think everyone should uh, invest responsibly. But thank you, Brent. That's great. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and we're not we we no uh, yes, no lawsuits. Everybody be safe. Um, but so I think buying cards right now is probably too late. It's very risky to try to be buying and selling right now. What I think, what I've been doing as of late is trying to to see if performances drive results in this the, the card market like we've seen in the past, and it's absolutely happening. I bought a a. Jamal Murray card on Starstock for 40 bucks just because I wanted a share and it sold for 2x in the middle of overtime. So um, we, we're still seeing that performances like that. And it's funny because he's had many games like this in his career before. This isn't the first time he's went for 30 and went six or eight from three. The guy is a hot and hot cold shooter. So, um, you know, I think very clearly we're seeing that performances are driving results. And I think that should absolutely inform us going forward. We saw Mitchell and Jamal Murray go head to head in that overtime game. Both of them benefited from that greatly. Um, I'm curious to see if Giannis goes down at all after this loss. If we see a dip tomorrow, because everyone's, you know, hitting the panic button on Milwaukee, uh, it probably won't come down. Ridiculous, right? Yeah. It'd be absolutely ridiculous. 31, 17 and seven, they lost, but they're still going to beat Orlando. Spoiler alert. Yes. And, and, and Vucevic had the game of his career. Like I, he did not miss a single shot. So um, I think what we're seeing here is that we are getting exactly what we thought we were going to get big performances, drive prices. Uh, it's probably too late to buy any of these players now, but if you, if you can get a chance at getting a Trey young cheap, he's going to have 50 points at some point next year. And you know, we're all going to lose our minds and, and pay twice as much as we probably should after that game. So um, that's what I've been watching. Um, I've also been watching for players that might be out sooner rather than later. Let's see if Luca, t- you know, if they lose this series of the Clippers, let's see if he takes a dip. And if he does, that might be the time to buy. Again, we have a short off season, so the window's probably not going to be gigantic. Um, but I'm really watching market movers to see how the charts are reacting to the performances. And I'm especially going to be looking for what happens once a player is eliminated. Cause I think that's when maybe you'll get a short term opportunity to pick up a player at a cheap price. We talked about it with Ben Simmons. We've been seeing Ben Simmons at pretty good values right now. So I expect to see it with some of these other players too. We'll probably talk about it next week as far as the adjustment of market movers, as far as how people are adapting to the first couple of games or so. Uh, this is just game one. Uh, some of the games, some teams haven't even played game one as we're recording it. So 
Uh, that'll be something for, I guess, a future show probably next week. A uh, second team, by the way, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Karis LeBert, kind of a surprise there, but he, he earned it. Uh, MPJ, somebody we've been hyping up on this show for several months. And then Christoph Porzingis, who gets ejected for, I don't know, man. That's <laughs> sure people are still tilting about that. It certainly hurt my, this is on a daily fantasy show. It definitely hurt my daily fantasy teams, especially on FanDuel. Uh, Will, your thoughts as far as like what you have your eye on? Of course, you know, Mitchell probably took a spike. Uh, I don't know if we have that. We can check that on the fly, uh, Simon. We can do a kind of a screen share. I wonder if Donovan Mitchell, they lost the game, but he went absolutely nuts. And, uh, you know, it's still a good matchup there against Utah. Uh, your thoughts, Will, as far as what we've seen so far in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been outstanding. And, and I definitely think, you know, as players, you know, get sent home or are already sitting home, that, you know, it may be advantageous for us to kind of pick up some of these players while maybe we aren't thinking about them or they're not top of mind, um, which is why I tried to get ahead of the curve on Carmelo, you know, before the playoffs. If they happen to beat the Lakers today and Carmelo hits a game winner or some ISO shot over LeBron and he drops 25, and you know, it's just you have to think about those things in the current market we're in. I mean, you know, Five years ago, these aren't things I had to think about. You know, I could just kind of go out and decide who I wanted to buy and, you know, kind of pick and choose. But now I have to really think about the effects of what happens if Carmelo goes off for 40 points in the playoffs. You know, I'm not going to be able to purchase his cards, you know, in the same fashion as I would have even last week. So, uh, you know, one of the things that has caught my attention, there have been two recent coaching changes in the NBA. Uh, One is already settled in terms of, uh, the Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau. I, I think this is an exceptional hire for R.J. Barrett. When I found out that news, the minute I found out, I just started buying R.J. Barrett rookie cards before they skyrocketed next year. Because we're, if nothing else, R.J. Barrett will play 35 minutes. He will you know, have better numbers because he's on the court more, and he's, he's going to be consistent. I think the defensive stats will pick up under Thibodeau. So he's a guy that, that I've started trying to buy while the prices are really low. I, I, I still feel like they're very fair, which is why I've been investing. And then another guy is Kobe White and Zach Levine. Uh, the Chicago Bulls fired Jim Boylan. I, I, I'm hoping that they get a better coach, maybe Van Gundy, maybe a Mark Jackson, you know, just a coach that knows what they're doing. Okay. They can't get a so, worse one, can they? Well, please don't hire Alvin Gentry for crying out loud. Just don't do that. And I think we'll, we'll be okay. But I think, you know, even a Mike Brown, I think would be better for that team, you know? So I'm saying if they, if they pick up a respectable coach and, and, and don't try to just go for someone out of college and I've got massive respect. I coach got massive respect for college coaches, but I think this team is close enough to being competitive that they need someone that is not going to go in there experiment and have somewhat of a game plan so Zach Levine's the guy I've started looking at. Haven't pulled the trigger yet. He was still a little bit more expensive than I thought he would be. Uh, but I still feel like in this particular scenario, Zach Levine, Kobe White, uh, those are two guys I'm starting to look at and try to get ahead of next season because those are just two players that aren't going to be top of mind, I don't think, for anyone right now. So that, that's kind of my approach and where I'm at in my, in my NBA investments. I w- last thing. Uh, Zion's prices are going down. Uh, you know, I've been buying some inserts of Zion, uh, but you know, I, I saw something on eBay the other day. There were two emergent PSA nines. Uh, the bidding was six. It started at sixty-six dollars, and they got zero bids. A couple months ago, I bought those same two PSA nines for eighty bucks. So 
it doesn't seem like a lot. It's just eighteen dollars, but they had to drop the price again. Now is the time to really, I think, trying to try to buy some of those not as popular cards on, on the players that that everyone's interested in. Uh, Brennan, he was talking about we was talking about uh, flipping cards just after like one good game, and I'm gonna go all back in my day. Back in my day when I collected cards, like you go to the card show on Saturday, and it's like, well, who had a really good week? Because this guy had four or five home runs, and now it's 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 reactionary like based like week to week, and now it's like game to game and like quarter to quarter. You're talking about it overtime sometimes, I suppose. Uh, how has that changed the market? And are there any players you think are you're, you're interested in just kind of like saying, well, let's keep an eye on this guy if he has a good first first game and all of a sudden move him? Like, is is a guy like Vukovic going to be popular for a couple of days? So you said yeah, the game was life there, life there for Orlando. Uh, you put up uh, I had the box score actually in front of me. Uh, 35 and 14, absolutely smashed there against Milwaukee. Uh, is that a new way of – I guess that's a new way. How do you embrace that, and what players do you have your eye on to potentially buy and sell based upon game-to-game? Sure. Yeah, no, I think uh, – so for one, the the way that, that this is the new way to invest and in, in to, to, to approach the hobby um, has really created more liquidity, uh, whereas before the internet was really just in its infancy – for you to try to sell the card after a big game would actually be quite difficult. Now you can do it with one click or it happens automatically because you've already listed it well above what you bought it for. And so I think the liquidity in the market is much, much different. Also the audience of potential buyers is much bigger just with all of the new money coming in as well as the different platforms like ComC, Starstock. Uh, eBay almost is becoming archaic because if you buy a card on eBay because a guy has a good game, you're probably not going to get it for at least five days with the, the way the postal service is working now. You might not have it for a couple of weeks. And so you're not going to be able to flip it right away. And so, um, you know, when you've got these places that are holding the card for you, you can buy and sell within a, a game, honestly. Um, you know, like I said, I had bought the Jamal Murray a week ago and sold it in the middle of his overtime. And I didn't have to go find the buyer. I just listed it at double what I bought it because I knew that at some point he was going to have a game like this. And it worked. And so the liquidity is is insane. Uh, and the lack of logistics around just having to get your card out there and sold is, is quite well. And for, for somewhere like Starstock and Compsy, they charge you 5%. That's a pretty good fee. If I don't have to deal with any of the hassle of finding the buyer and shipping it anywhere, I mean, I'll take that all day. Um, you know, when I think about someone like Vucevic specifically, there's a couple of things working against him. One, Orlando is not a sexy team whatsoever. So there's a very there's a very rare chance that anyone's holding any Vucevic right now. Um, also, again, this was a career game, so I don't expect it to happen again because I think he's almost 30. So a couple of things working against Vucevic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if whatever is hanging out there for him will sell right now at the price it's at. Um, I think there's very few people in a position to take advantage of this, but and more broadly, when I think about uh, the types of players I'm picking up, and I know that we trashed on all the new investors chasing the nice shiny toy, but when you hear you know Simon and Will and myself talk about who we're picking up, Ben Simmons, the underrated veterans, a guy like Trey Young, Zion, who's going down, you try to get the guys when they're on their way down that you know have upside going forward. Zion's going to have big games. Trey Young's going to have big games. Uh, Drew Brees, even some of these veterans will have great games this year. And then we're all going to talk about them again. Uh, It happened with Brees when he broke all the records over the last couple of years. And so I think in terms of who you're chasing, you want to make sure there's upside there and you want to make sure you're getting a fair price. Um, I have a couple of Trey Youngs. He's not a guy that I want to hold long-term. I just have other guys I like more. There's nothing wrong with them, but I'm going to put his cards out there at aspirational prices 
and just let him sit. And when he goes for 50 and 10 and then comes back with a 45, 14 game, you know, that thing's going to sell. And, and, and Simon talked about it earlier in the show. I picked up a Giannis select card uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't, I don't mind playing the game the way it is right now with all the young investors, but as soon as I get enough profits, I like to park those into safe investments. Your safe investments are the guys who have achieved. And I know Giannis is still young, but he's on his way to his second MVP. He has a very good chance at a, a title, uh, this loss, um, you know, disregarding this loss, he's got a very good chance at a title. Um, so, you know, I like to play the game and as, as I, as I generate profits, I like to park them in something safe. And so, uh, you can definitely profit off of volatility, but you have to know those guys. And, and I think there's gotta be a threshold you set and it's gotta be a, you know, 40 point potential. I don't, you're not going to have a guy go for 25. I love Markel Fultz. Uh, he's not going to go for 25 and people are going to freak out. But when, you know, when all these guys are going for 40, 50 points, there's going to be a short-term spike that I think you can take advantage of if you're holding their cards. You just have to realize you might have to hold them for that game to come. It's not going to be a quick flip. All right, last thing before you step aside and get out of here. Uh, I was talking about how I used to collect cards. I used to collect cards. I haven't done it for years. And uh, Roto Grinders, we specialize in daily fantasy sports. Uh, I had a good DFS week, so I had a little bit extra cash to spend. Uh, Will, uh, you, you, you feel free. Uh, you know, Brennan, I told you guys pre-show, I want to buy my first card, get back in the market. LeBron, LeBron's my guy. I know it's the chalk, but like, how could you not want to buy LeBron? That's like buying the Google stock or something like that. Um, don't take any stock advice or, you know, whatever, but you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, the point is, uh, Brennan, Will, uh, what should I buy? I, I, I give or take $500 to $1,500. Uh, what, what's a good starter card? What's a good first card back to the market? Well, I'm just I'm just gonna hop in, uh, and I, I kind of looked at this, Dean. I'm always gonna side with a guy like LeBron. I I, I do want to side on rookie cards. Uh, now, look, listen, he's got a really hot first LA Lakers prism right now, silver prism that you can get for I think around five or six hundred bucks. But for me, I think if I'm buying LeBron, I want at least get something in the rookie category. I think his tops pristine PSA nine, in my opinion. It's a good is a good buy. I mean, you're going to be around a thousand. Some might be eleven hundred. Some twelve. Some you know nine fifty. You know you'll have a, a little bit of wiggle room, but you know to be able to get you know one of the greatest players of all time, tops pristine. You know in my opinion, close to tops chrome in terms of you know how the car looks, quality, so forth and so on. You know when I was kind of looking around, that seemed like one that stood out to me and, and caught my eye. Uh, if you want to get his tops chrome, you know, you're going to have to come up a little bit before a thousand bucks. If you want to just get one LeBron, I do think the tops pristine is close, close enough to where, you know, you could really see some profit potential on that one long term. Uh, Brennan, your thoughts as well. And also, uh, you know, Will mentioned in the Lakers jersey, does he have to win a title with the Lakers? That card to be like worth what it's going to be worth? Is that bumping up because he's wearing Lakers jersey if he wins the title there? If he doesn't, does that card take a hit? Thoughts? I, I do think he has to win a title in LA for that card to hold long-term value, especially at the same rate as rookie is. I agree with Will. If you can pick up a LeBron rookie at around a thousand to 1500, uh, that's the way to go. That's always the best investment. And it's always just so nice to have the first card of that player. That being said, I'll give you a couple of options that I actually think are good long-term investments that aren't his rookie year. So there's actually three that come to mind. You can go the second year tops Chrome and probably get one raw, maybe PSA, PSA, PSA nine for around that price. It's his second year card, but that's typically a good one to own long-term. 
One of my favorite LeBron cards, and I hope to get one at some point, I could probably pick one up or all here in the next year or so, is the 2008 Topps Chrome. It's iconic because it's got him doing his chalk toss with his arms out. So um, if you're looking for something fun, I mean, 2008 isn't a particularly iconic career and, you know, year in his career, but um, it's a cool card. And I think it'll hold, you know, value long-term because he's doing his iconic chalk toss and you don't get him on a card doing that a lot. Um, the other one I would say is in 2016, he had an optic card and you can probably get a nice parallel on this one, but it's actually got Kobe Bryant watching him dunk the ball through the rim. And so that's another one of those iconic ones because you're not going to find LeBron and Kobe on the same card many times in a row or many times really ever. And so you could probably pick up a hollow 2016 optic LeBron with Kobe looking up at him at he dunks. And if you can get that graded, that'd be a pretty cool card to own too. So obviously if you can get a rookie, great, go for it, fire it off. Unfortunately, most of his rookies are well above the thousand dollar threshold. Um, So if I had to, if I had to rank them, I'd say probably the second year tops Chrome, the 2008 chalk toss, for Topps Chrome or the Kobe Bryant uh, optic card in 2016. Those are my three choices. All right. I'm going to hit you guys up in the, uh, the Rotor Runners Discord. You guys are going to help me pick one out uh, I, I, because I want to participate in mail day. We're going to do that in a second. Obviously, we're going <laughs> to say goodbye as we do that. Uh, tell your tell the people your socials, your Twitter, any, any sort of articles you're working on and tell them the cards you're going to show off, cards you've gotten in the mail recently. So we call it mail day. Brennan, you're back and batting first, then Chief, then Simon. We're going to get out of here. Brennan, tell the people your socials. Tell them the card you're going to be showing off. Sure. Yep. You can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the DFS advisor, and I'm going to try to do something a little bit new. I don't have time. So for anybody out there, I know our, our boy Saki here at Roto Grinders does some YouTube videos. Uh, props to him because people think you just record it and upload it. It's not like that. It takes a lot more time to get those things up. So I can't do videos, but I have a 200 card ComC order coming in here soon. I'm going to be posting some of those on Instagram with just a a general idea of why I bought that card, what my plan is for the card. So it might give you guys an idea, a a more granular example specific reason for why I'm buying these cards and what my plan is for them. So you can find that on Instagram at the DFS advisor. Uh, The card that I have uh, today, and I actually got lucky because I, 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 so I'm a, a Kentucky fan. My wife is from Kentucky. And so I like to pick up uh, rookie autos of all the guys. I got a BAM a few weeks ago. I've been tracking Jamal Murray and I'm trying to prioritize the young, these young guys over guys like, you know, Boogie Cousins or uh, the lesser known Jody Meeks, if anybody is a big Kentucky basketball fan. Uh, but, um, you know, I bought this right before his big performance. Uh, it's a RPA, Noir, uh, Jamal Murray. And when I look for PC stuff, I don't stick to the mainstream select prism optic just because we see them all day. You kind of, you get fatigue and you want some things new. So um, the BAM I got a couple weeks ago, I think I showed it on the, the show was a Spectra rookie, rookie auto. This is a Noir RPA with a really cool patch. And I think you should always have that piece of your collection that isn't designated for all of these things that you hope go up in value that you're going to sell real quickly. Cause the whole reason, the whole reason I got back into this was cause you know, I have a son now I did this with my dad and, and I want that part of it too. So uh, this is a really cool card. I don't know if it's a great investment or not, but it really doesn't matter to me. Cause uh, I, I love the, you know, I love the noir set. I think it looks really slick and uh, I'm going to put that in a nice case for a while. Chief, I think you want to show off the aforementioned uh, RJ Barrett. Yeah, man, uh, RJ is the guy I'm buying right now. And, and you know, full disclosure, I will not actually be selling all of my RJs. Uh, I am going to hold probably half of those back just because I, I actually think he's got more upside than some of the other rookies in this class. I just think he had a bad coaching situation. Uh, anyway, 
But but RJ, I mean, I think I've got, you know, three to five of them up for mail day. I've got another probably five to ten coming in the mail. Really been buying a lot of him. I mean, just cheap prices. You you guys know I like I like cheap graded cards. You just it's the best of both worlds. Um and, and a lot of them are PSA nines and BGS nine and a half. I'm a big fan of buying those as well, just because I always feel like PSA nine is just undervalued as prices, you know, increase. So and I got some really cool cards. I, I think my favorite one right now out of that bunch, definitely gonna be that prism cracked ice with the swatch. I mean uh, and I got that for just just pennies on the dollar. I think I got it for around thirty bucks or something. So I mean, just just really slick card. Uh, if this was his regular prism, it wouldn't be that cheap. No way that that card, a cracked ice would not be that cheap. So uh, just really excited to to get in on some RJ while, while the prices are still low. Simon, close us out. Yeah, just wanted to throw a quick plug in for Sports Card Investors Market Movers tool. Uh, you can get a subscription now, get 20% off your first payment on any subscription using the promo code grinders. And I have a chart called up. I just wanted to show real quick before I get into my mail day card. It's the Zion 2019 prism base PSA 10 card. And that thing has cratered. That thing was at, we looked at it last week. It hadn't started its decline yet. It was just after Zion had been eliminated. But they are at nine. They were at nine seventeen, and now they find themselves at six thirty four. So, like Brennan was saying, that sounds like a good opportunity to start looking at those Zion cards if you've been uh, on the sidelines with that one, waiting to have a good opportunity to start looking to invest in that. Invest capital letters eBay style. So, uh, my card that I wanted to show off for Mail Day is this Baker Mayfield. Optic contenders, optic autograph rookie card. Um, I put this up here. This is the car- kind of card that I like to target in general. I like to target these scarcer cards. It's an autographed card, so you know it's a limited uh, number available. If you get a graded one, even better because that takes down the scarcity even even more. And those are the types of cards that you can feel a little bit safer with investing. You know, like not worrying so much about hype, carrying it up and up and up where there's a ton of cards available, but the price keeps going up. At least with these ones, you know that you're buying a scarce card and you're knowing you're buying um, some long-term value there. And as far as uh, finding me, you can find me at Yeti Boom Films on Twitter. You can find me in the RG Discord where we're always hanging out and showing mail day cards and giving advice and whatnot. And also Saki's information i believe that's saki Clex is his youtube channel that you want to you want to seek out so just a little shout out to saki there yeah the uh, discord channel is free feel free to join us uh that's brennan that was chief that was simon feel free to like and subscribe we do appreciate that leave some comments in the comment section as well uh with that we're gonna go watch some more basketball this was definitely sports cards i was for sure dean we're out of here holler